It's another episode of Confessions of a Potty Mouth Chef, How to Cheat, Eat, and Be Happy. Vicki Van Dyke, the author, true story right now. This one is called Chums Before Bums. You know how guys, usually dumb ones, they say bros before hoes. Well, with Billy, I learned the hard way to always choose chums before bums. Girlfriends are forever, guys. Well, just look at my track record. Cheyenne was with me through thick and thin in those early dating days. And you know, she's madly in love with mushrooms, right? So I invented Shay's creamy mushroom lasagna. The recipe was born of my desire to duplicate a frozen mushroom lasagna I discovered in my supermarket. How hard could it be, thought I, and how delighted will Cheyenne be? Not only that, it was a cooking therapy night. You see, I was slowly and begrudgingly coming to the realization that it wasn't ever going to work with Billy. We had just been on the phone, a rarity for us, because Billy liked to talk about us about as much as he liked to read books about quantum physics. He finally said, Vicky, make this quick, okay? Yeah, there must have been a hockey game on or something. At that moment, I knew why we were doomed. Over the months, during sporadic chats about his past, I had gleaned that Billy has a very specific modus operandi. He doesn't ever break up with a woman. He just ignores us or pushes us away until we finally break up with him. That way he can play the victim. I didn't do nothing wrong and move on guilt-free. So that night I said through my tears, Billy, we can't do this anymore and we both know it. But damn it, don't you dare go telling all your buddies and your kids that I ditched you because we both know this is you ditching me in your own unique way. And I hung up just like that. I couldn't believe I had the guts or even the ability to do it, but I knew it had to get done. Do you think I was getting smarter? Well, maybe, but that's when the floodgates really opened. And it's also when I decided that I had to cook something for Shan. Just because I was boyfriend less, once again, didn't mean there weren't hungry friends waiting to be fed. I still had a purpose in this life and in my kitchen. And so with tissues and wine close at hand and sad songs at full volume, I got to work. And the recipe for creamy mushroom lasagna, uh, you'll find it on our Potty Mouse Chef page, and that's on Facebook. Well, it was a cathartic evening. There I was, once again, cooking and crying and coming to terms with the demise of yet another relationship. And then the phone rang. It was Billy. Vicki, I don't want this. I don't want this to be over. You're an important part of my life and I don't want this to be over. Boom. We got back together for a few more months. And yes, I know. How easy am I? Didn't take much. Just a few sweet words. Or, you know, sometimes a case of wine. I told Billy all about my new culinary creation and he suggested in his own inimitably selfless way that I save it for the weekend and him. Nope, no way, absolutely not. This one's for Cheyenne because no matter what might happen with Billy, and I knew it was only a matter of time, she is in my life forever and she will always have first dips on my mushrooms. 
All right, we move on to just desserts. We all deserve them, right? Just ask my ex-husband. Super duper extra chocolatey brownies. Oh, I used to have this friend. My ex-husband won her in the divorce. Named Lou. Lou was a brilliant baker. I met Lou through one of my full-time radio jobs when I was on the air live, and she was a fan, because my co-host and I used to chat on air about food we liked. She would hear us, then bake for us and bring her creations to the station. Eventually, we met in person and Lou and I became real friends for a bit. Now, when I say friends for a bit, what I mean is, even though she was initially initially my fan and then friend, when the marital melodrama hit fever pitch, she jumped ship, my ship. Not right away, mind you. She played at being impartial, at loving both sides at not choosing a team that is until grover discovered an email sneaky bugger that he was but i guess that's one of the perks of living with your ex-wife while she dates your current girlfriend's ex-husband well that and as you already know she did his laundry this particular email contradicted contradicted everything lou had said to my face stuff like hey vic you and grover should come for dinner somehow turned into We will never break bread with them when emailing my nemesis. And I say nemesis only because it was case choice, not mine. I would have happily remained friends with my new boyfriend's ex-wife, especially after she fell in love with my ex-husband. Quite frankly, I would have rather stayed friends with her than with Lou. Why this same ex-wife was pissed at me for having an affair with her husband and then actually stealing him away which of course I didn't, Grover being a grown man and all, remains a mystery. (laughs) Okay, I'm kidding again. Of course it's no mystery. The woman had every right to hate my ever-loving, cheating guts. I guess I just hoped that once she fell in love with my hubby, she might appreciate the irony and lighten up a little. Nope. Seven years in, she continued to be not terribly light when it came to me, even though she and dear old HBS were known to socialize socialize with her daughters and even Grover plus his amour du jour on occasion. I was the bad guy after all. Still, even after I was done and dusted for good by Grover, me, bad guy. Sometimes I found this kind of weird, mostly when I was feeling sorry for myself. HBS and Kay had fallen in love pretty damn quick. At first, some people, who shall remain nameless, thought it was rebound, or lust, or revenge, or all three. But here we were seven years later, and their relationship was looking a whole lot like the real thing. Grover, who I thought had been my real thing, had promised to love me forever, but had changed his mind. So, everybody had moved on, and I was still consumed with grief about both my marriage and my affair. Had it all been for nothing? When I said forever to Grover, I truly meant it. Whatever HBS and K meant about their marriages or their relationship with each other, it no longer mattered. They were happy. They were still together and going strong. K still wouldn't speak to me, but at least I knew that HBS was being well tended to, and that gave me some peace. But K's friendship was not an option. And what with all that duplicity from Lou, you know, I guess I was like a reformed smoker. I will never lie again, so how dare you? 
I ultimately chose not to exercise my option with her either. Our friendship ended. But the brownies, (laughs) I always do find my way back, were pre-melodrama and pre-friendship options. Honestly, I'm really not much of a baker, only because if I bake it, I eat it. And we all know where that ends up. But Lou's brownies were so decadently divine, I finally broke down and begged for the recipe. I had a feeling it was going to be some long, drawn-out, complicated affair. Apparently, I'm good at those. With melting chocolate and double boilers and baking powder and cocoa and weird stuff that my pantry has never seen. But I broke down because her brownies were that yummy. Lou, stubborn thing she is, wouldn't fess up. She'd always bring them, but wouldn't tell me how to make them. Finally, one night after a few too many beers, she coughed up the recipe. Ready? One box cheapo brownie mix. One cup chocolate chips. Bake as directed. That's it. I'm serious. That's all it was. She added the chocolate chips to the mix and created heaven. These brownies don't even need frosting. Not that I'm a big frosting fan anyway. Serve them hot with vanilla ice cream melting all over them, and you will have my second all-time favorite dessert. Second favorite, you say? What's the first? Chocolate profiteroles. Oh, I discovered these little gems in France on a ski trip with my darling ex-husband's family, during which we stayed in a private chalet with chalet girls. Seriously, three gorgeous and nubile Australian girls traveling for their gap year at our beck and call to cook, clean, or guide us around the mountains. Well, there wasn't very much snow, which was okay with me because I wasn't much of a skier back then, but there was always superb food and gregarious company and profiteroles piled high like the mountains we were living under, drenched in chocolate like the snow we finally got at the end of our week. So, what exactly is a profiterole? I checked Wikipedia. A profiterole is a cream puff, a popular shoe pastry. Shoe paste is baked into small round puffs that are served cold with a sweet filling and sometimes a topping. The term profiterole refers to a filling of ice cream. A cream puff has a filling of whipped cream or pastry cream. However, cream containing alcohol is occasionally used. The puffs may be left plain or cut to resemble swans or decorated mm, with chocolate sauce, caramel, or a dusting of powdered sugar. This dessert should not be confused with puff pastry. Well, excusez-moi. All I know is that they are better than sex. And to make from scratch every bit as complicated. Not that sex is always complicated, but you know there are times when... Oh, sorry, (laughs) I digress. Francis made them for me one year for my birthday instead of cake because it's what I wanted and she's a very good friend. Oh, talk about an ordeal. She was at my house, so I was able to bear witness. Profiteroles from scratch wouldn't stand a chance with me at the helm. So try this instead. Buy a carton or a box or whatever you can find of frozen cream puffs or profiteroles. Yes, you can buy them. One large bar of dark chocolate, a half a cup of heavy cream, and vanilla ice cream. You thaw the cream puffs, pile them high on a serving platter, 
like a pyramid and then just before serving melt the chocolate in the top of a double boiler or nuke it add the cream to your desired consistency add some grand marnier if you want drizzle it over your mountain and serve with a scoop of vanilla ice cream it's about the easiest dessert ever and my favorite as i mentioned not only did fran create this masterpiece for me she never gave up on me not even once and fran was madly in love with my ex-husband in that platonic you made a great choice vic way was she happy when we split up no did she condone my cheating of course not did she condemn me to everlasting damnation this woman is a committed practicing catholic and no she did not Fran never took sides, never lied, always listened, tried to comprehend, and is always here for me when I need her. Most importantly, she still believes in my worth as a human being, and she is happy to break bread with me, even in public. I'm sure you can appreciate how much this means to me when so many of my other friends ditched my ass when that Pepsi commercial existence, you know, beautiful people living a beautiful life, was no longer intact. When I left my husband, one now ex-friend indignantly suggested that I was having a midlife crisis. I countered that if that were true, I would have found a cute boy toy with a Corvette, not a poor middle-aged balding carpenter with a wife. Frances never abandoned me. She acknowledged my turmoil. She applauded my continual quest to seek and learn, and she shared my love of wine and profiteroles and that is why profiteroles win the number one spot but blues brownies are still damn good and that concludes this episode of confessions of a potty mouse chef when we get to our next episode you will learn about bruce number one bruce number two and bruce number three and not necessarily in that order i'll see you next time i'm vicky van dyke